welcome to Fireside Chat. I am Jade Lauren, and I'll be your facilitator this afternoon. Uh, we're going to be talking about a topic that is uh, dear to my heart. I've had uh, several of my siblings that were diagnosed uh, with diabetes um, and ultimately lost their lives to it, uh, to the complications that they had. And so when I started doing my research on diabetes years ago, uh, I was surprised at the emotional causes and I could look back on my siblings and see uh, a lot of the reasons that they had manifested diabetes. And uh, I want to stop and say here that as we talk about this today, I really want you to be cognizant, those in the listening audience, if you are dealing with diabetes yourself, or if you have a loved one or a friend, uh, associate in your life that has is dealing with this this dis-ease of the body, uh, I, I caution you that this is not about judgment. And this is not about saying, oh, I know what you're thinking and I know why you have this. It's not about this. Uh, these shows are about understanding the emotional causes that are the, the causes, the emotional causes, the psychic, spiritual causes that are really there for your awareness so that you can understand what is going on in your own body temple, in your own life, and ultimately how you can bring your own self back to a state of balance. Because all dis-ease is, at the end of the day, is imbalance that your soul is telling you or your body is telling you where you are out of sync with yourself, where you are out of alignment. And this is really what these talks are about. Now, we're not going to have a Q&A at the end of today. I'm going to be reserving Q&As for when there are guests on the show and you may be listening to them, tuning in, and you may have questions for them about the topic that they're discussing. Uh, so today we're not. We're, this is um, a very emotional topic for me uh, as I move through this with you. And I hope indeed that um, after the end of this show that you have some kind of insight if you're dealing with it yourself. And again, if it is you or someone very close to you, uh, I really admonish you not to go into judgment, not to go into condemnation, but to go within your heart into the empathy and the compassion that you can find, whether that compassion is for yourself and others. And you'll see as we talk about this why I am cautioning you to be compassionate with yourself if you are dealing with this. And I also want to say here that um, if at the end of the show you have questions, please feel free to email me. You can always email me at jade at orchestratingyourlife.com, and I will be more than happy to address any specific questions that you might have. Uh, please feel free to reach out to me uh, on any topic that is related to the emotions and as these are connected to any health challenges you may have or you may know of. Uh, I am more than willing to help. Uh, in my practice, uh, all of my uh, introductory uh, appointments that are scheduled with potential clients 
are 90 minutes and they are uh, totally the introductory, they're totally free. If you can, uh, so that you can make a decision on whether hypnotherapy can be of assistance to you. So I want to move into, I'm not going to separate out diabetes type 1, type 2, juvenile, because diabetes in and of itself, at its core, you may or may not be aware of or may even be surprised to know that it is an autoimmune disease. And you may be saying to yourself, well, Jay, you know, I did not know that, or yeah, I did know that, but you know, what exactly does an autoimmune disease mean? And I like to hyphenate it so you'll notice me saying disease instead of disease. And I want to share with you that all autoimmune diseases in your body comes from a rejection of the self. And there is that within you due to what has happened during the gestation period or during the younger part of your life that has caused you to have a strong rejection of your very own being. It's almost as if the body turns on itself or... Um, I remember having uh, the doctors say to me years and years and years ago when I was diagnosed with a specific autoimmune disease back in the 70s, and I remember him saying, you know, your, your blood is allergic to your body. And I remember leaving the doctor's office going, what do you mean my blood is allergic to my body? And this was back uh, when I was diagnosed probably in the middle of the 1970s or early 1970s. And I remember thinking to myself, my blood is allergic to my body. My blood, my very life force, you're telling me, is allergic to my being. And I thought about that. I was quite young at the time. And I thought, what does this mean? But more importantly, because I really did not understand what he was saying, I simply rejected it. I went, that is not going to be the situation for me. I'm, I am not going to accept this. I will not accept this. I did not accept it. And consequently, I never experienced it, never experienced any of the ramifications from it. And later on, say in the 1980s, there actually, uh, it was thought that a lot of people that had been diagnosed with this particular dis-ease uh, had been diagnosed in error. And I thought to myself, yeah, that was me, because I was not going to accept that. Later on in life, I started, when I started understanding what it meant to reject the self, and in my own journey, as I was unraveling a lot of the, dis the discord and misconceptions that I had going on from childhood in my own body temple, I started to be able to see that self-rejection that, that makes you think that you somehow are less than or unworthy, um, that is coming up, uh, those emotional blockages. Sometimes it's as simple as, we have uh, maybe a parent that appears to us at that time to not accept us, uh, to be judgmental of something that we did. I remember even in my own life having um, being told that my voice used to be really, really nice and now it's not. 
And I remember for a very long time I stopped singing because I internalized that. I was very young at the time, and I internalized it, and I did not understand all the undercurrent that this caretaker had. I did not understand her own pain. And once I came to start to understand that, I was able to, of course, move into forgiveness and go back to those gifts that I came to offer on the planet. So when we think about the body turning on itself, and when we think about this specifically as it relates to diabetes, now we're going to be talking about uh, arthritis, and we're going to be talking about that in subsequent shows. And that is also an autoimmune disease that is stemming from the rejection of the self. And specifically in diabetes, the body is not able to metabolize sugar. From an emotional standpoint, from a spiritual standpoint, as it were, it means that for some reason the self is not accepting the sweetness in life the joy in life, the nectar of life. And somehow it must be rescued from the outside. It is unable to do this for itself. It is unable to accept itself as it is. And so insulin is needing. And you wind up having to take, many diabetics are on insulin in some form because they have an inability to give to themselves. It is that, again, that rejection of the self as it is. And being unable, the body cannot metabolize sugar. And so sometimes if you think back when you hear this, and you may be thinking back right now, if you are in the audience and you are dealing with diabetes in some form to the point that you have to monitor your blood sugar or take insulin, you know, looking at that idea of not being able to accept the sweetness of life. And maybe you are feeling it's hard to express joy or it's hard to actually give. Uh, it's hard to give. It's hard to receive. These types of things that go along with being able to metabolize sugar the sweetness of life, the very essence of being. And again, not in judgment, but in awareness and understanding. And maybe causing yourself to think back at a time that you may be consciously aware of not feeling that life is sweet or enjoying the nectar of life. Um, I was talking to a friend earlier today that said, you know, that I, I really think your show is going to be timely because there is an increase of diabetes now. And I thought to myself when she said that, and I thought to myself, you know, that would make sense because look at what is going on on the planet, uh, people feeling anxiety. Many, many of us are feeling um, helpless and hopeless. And where is the joy? I know we were talking briefly and I said, I can imagine what it's like for couples being close together and even thinking that they chose the wrong mate, when that is not the case at all. It is months and months of quarantine 
that has caused you to forget because why? You can't get away. You can't get that breathing time to yourself that you need in order to then come back into the family unit refreshed and ready to move into the next phases and walk together. And I was sharing with her, we both started laughing because I said to myself, I'm single and live alone, and boy, I can't hardly stand it. I don't know what I would do if there was another person living in my house. And making, knowing that you need to get away, that you need to get out of the confines of your home. So I would share with you, walk, you know, mass and all, get out and walk. Uh, go and drive a little bit. Get in your car and drive to, not into your community, get out of your community and drive someplace else. And again, recapturing, looking at what is the sweetness in life because life is sweet. It, it is such a profound nectar to just have this life and to be able to express this life. And regardless to everything going on, to be able to be in a physical body on this planet at this time. I feel we're going through a reset, that our souls are going through a reset, our planet is going through a reset, and, uh, and we're looking at, we're being shown, we're being given a mirror, as I put on my Facebook page today. We're being, we've, we're being given a tool, a mirror to look at what this ugliness looks like. What does it look like? If you're not able to turn that camera on yourself, we've got someone that we can look at and see what that divisiveness looks like. What does it look like when we can't accept each other? What does it look like when you cannot accept yourself? As this beautiful, complex, triune being that we all are. And you might be saying to yourself right about now, well, Jay, you know, that's all well and good, but uh, my diabetes is hereditary. My mother had it. It runs in my maternal, my mother's line, uh, her heritage, or it runs in my father's heritage, or my uncle had diabetes, and on and on and on. And you rationalize that, okay, this is, this is generational. I inherited this. I do not reject myself. I inherited this. And yes, in that instance, there is a family collective. There is a family dynamic. I totally agree. I have known people that their diabetes is a generational issue. And one of the beautiful things about hypnotherapy is that we are great at getting to and removing generational issues. As a matter of fact, I think hypnosis is one of the best tools for dealing with generational issues because these are issues that are collective patterns in the DNA that are passed down through the family lineage. And oftentimes, uh, especially where hypnosis is very good at this, is being able, while you are at your subconscious levels of mind, to be able and find the beginning of that idea, which again, the idea the core issue is the rejection of self. And very often times when you can go back and trace back beyond the mother, beyond the father, uncle, grandparents, and go all the way back to the beginning of that issue, that generational issue, that 
beginning of that heritage, that heritage lineage that gave you that thought, that passed that on down through generations, generations, and generations of families, then during hypnosis, we have a way of removing that, a way of dissolving that, a way of seeing that and wrapping that in compassion and love and shifting that vibration. And it will shift when you shift you will shift the lineage of your family. Now, that is not in a negative way, and that is not even even saying all the responsibility, you're putting it on my shoulders, Jade. No. But there is an axiom that says that he who knows has responsibility. And I always like to say, you know, ignorance really is bliss. If you really think about it, ignorance is bliss because... You don't have any responsibility for what's going on because you are totally oblivious. But he who knows has a responsibility of that knowledge. So as you know, as you heal yourself, and if it is generational, if it is heredity, then we are able in hypnosis to go all the way back into the lineage at the beginning of that thought. I often say that some issues are generational, some issues are collectively race issues. And there are certain races on this planet that are dealing specifically with high blood pressure and diabetes and rampant rheumatoid arthritis. That is collectively as a race, the numbers are staggering. But when you think in terms of what may have happened to that race, not in judgment, but what would have happened to that race? And because of that collective gestalt that moves down through the heredity that stems from not only the family generational unit, but also the collectiveness of that individual race. And so in certain races, you see certain diseases of the body that are rampant. And again, when you can look at this, when you can start, hypnotherapy is very effective in looking at and negating these issues because you begin to see them. Now, also thinking about diabetes is located, interestingly enough, is in the digestive area and in the stomach area, in the solar plexus area. And the interesting thing about the solar plexus area is this is the sun of our being. This is the emotional aspect of our being. This is our fear center, and it is the place in our psyche, in our body, where we hold all of our old stuff. And I like to put stuff in parentheses here or in quotations. This is where we hold all of our old stuff. We just, everything, and our fear, all of our deepest fears from Gestation, during the time period in the womb, and absorbing our mother's fears and emotional places, and the stuff that we collect once we're out of the body and disconnected from the umbilical cord, and now we are processing and we're adding to this stuff. We're out and, and we're communicating within our environments, and we are adding to stuff. 
So we're piling on to this fear, this this conditioning, this childhood conditioning. Uh, and when you're dealing with diabetes, it's interesting to note that the childhood conditioning is centered around loss of control or fear of losing control or fear of giving over our power to another person. And along with those fears come feelings of guilt and shame and unworthiness because I must be an awful person if I feel this way about my mother. There must be something inherently wrong with me or negative about me. If I have these feelings about her and about my father and about my surroundings and this, this not feeling safe, not feeling safe in your own self, in your own being, feeling that there's something inherently wrong with you. And that because you have this, this guilt and this shame and this unworthiness, now you can kind of understand that you feel that you do not deserve the good that life has to offer. Hence, you do not deserve the sweetness of life, that you somehow don't deserve it. And so insulin has to come in and be administered from the outside in order to help the self experience that sweetness that is leaking out, that it's losing. And so you can start to, you can begin to see how all these things are starting to just coalesce together. And when these feelings, this, these feelings of fear of, of losing control and, and these feelings, these strong feelings of giving your power over to another person because this person is going to mistreat you, or this person is not going to, to love you and accept you, that this person feels that you are unworthy and, and it, during the time that you are in the womb and you are absorbing your mother's pain, emotional pain, and you are having all of this, or as the father is the progenitor of life, that thought, that initial idea that is contained in the father's sperm that is the foundation of your soul matrix. And the mother nurtures this and adds to this and amplifies this. And so as you understand, you can start to move away from anger and you can start to move into empathy and into compassion and into appreciating this, this moving through pain that our parents are parenting through pain. And you can start to Feel that compassion. And as you feel compassion and as you start to understand what your, what your diabetes is saying to you and looking at even something as simple as the inability to accept and receive because of that self-judgment, that self-criticism that ultimately says you are not worthy. And as you start to look at where this is coming from, where this foundation is coming from, then you can start to process it. And again, hypnotherapy is a very good way to do this. And why? Because you don't have to feel the pain, nor do you have to talk about it. One of the things that I do is I have my clients imagine that they're looking at it. They're looking at the scenario. They're a bystander and they're looking. 
But then I also let them know that they we're using love and we're using light and we're projecting that on the situation as we view it. And so what happens is you clear the condition without having to bring all of that up. You don't have to experience it. You don't have to go through that hurt again. You don't have to feel that hurt again in order to clear it from your psychic memory. Oftentimes you will find that what comes through when you're dealing with issues of diabetes and autoimmune diseases that are centered in the solar plexus and the stomach, in our fear center, in our old stuff center, you're going to find a lot of anger and rage. And it's at yourself, but interestingly enough, it's projected onto others externally. And it shows up as jealousy, resentment, deep sorrow and hurt, emotional conflict. Because we're living through a situation. We have an, an idea we're in a relationship, and, and if we were to look at that relationship, it's like I'm just enduring this situation. I'm just trying to get through it. And I'm ready to act. I know I need to act. I need to resolve this relationship, this situation. I am ready, but I don't. And again, why don't I? Because deep within my center, my psychic center, I feel I don't deserve to rectify a situation so that I can be in joy, so that I can accept the beauty and the sweetness of my life. And I will say this again very repetitively because I want you to get it, sweetness of life, the very nectar of life. And when you, at a very deep core in your psyche, do not feel that you are worthy and you feel a sense of shame and you feel a sense of guilt, then you have the anger and the rage at yourself for saying, why am I not worthy? Why am I not worthy? And when you project onto others and it shows and mirrors back to you in the form of jealousy and resentment, against other people for what they have or be or do, and then that deep sorrow and hurt that reflects back on your internal rage, that reflects back on your rejection of your own being, your own self. So as you start to move through this and as you start to say, you know, I always say it's like starting and stopping. You know, you're ready to act, you know you need to act, and you start and then you put the brakes on. And you ask yourself, why can't I make a decision? I know what I need to do. I know where I need to go. Why am I not going? What is in me that stops me, that curtails me? And if you follow that back, if you get in your quiet time and you follow that back, you bump into unworthiness, shame, and guilt for feeling unworthy and looking at yourself. And so you start to go back again to that not deserving, that, that life does not have to be good. Why? Because I, when I was in the womb, I have a matrix memory of how my mother truly felt about me 
It may have been like 90% of the pregnancies on this planet, whether people want to acknowledge it or not, are unplanned. They are accidents. And what happens? This is a situation I have to endure. I have to make the best of it. For whatever reason, I'm going to go forward. doesn't matter what the reason is. It doesn't matter if it's religious. It doesn't matter what the reason is. The point is you make a decision to go forward. But what does the child within know? I'm not wanted. If I'm not wanted by the caretaker of my being, if I'm not wanted by my own mother, there's got to be something about me that is unworthy that is not good, that is bringing a lot of distress to my, to my mother. And again, all of this is at a soul level. It is not at a conscious level. You are not consciously rejecting yourself. But this is what is going on at that deep level of your mind. And this is where you have to go to eradicate it, at that deep level of the mind. And you may say to yourself, you know, um, I have a weight issue. You know, Jay, not only am I dealing with diabetes, you know, I can't seem to get the weight off, or I'm, I'm really, uh, you know, I'm watching my diet, I'm watching what I eat, I still am yo-yoing with my weight. Uh, and some people that are diabetics are able to get their weight down. If you are dealing with obesity, then it is again a per it is it's really a dichotomy uh in during a situation and here's this emotional conflict because it's a persecution of the self and at the same time it's a protection of the self. The idea that others will not want me so I am safe from attack. If I am carrying a lot of weight around, I am not appealing. And if I'm not appealing and no one wants to be around me, then I'm safe because they cannot persecute me. But by the same token, I am expressing self-hatred again. I, uh, oh, I'm trying to lose this weight. I can't seem to lose this weight. I can't move forward. I can't do anything. And and at the same time, because in diabetes shows up this emotional conflict, you are enduring a situation or a relationship, you're ready to act, you do not act, and you do not lose the weight because you are protecting yourself and persecuting yourself at the same time. And that underlying idea is that if I'm not attractive, if I'm not pleasant, if I am not this, that, or the other, finish the sentence however you want, then I am going to be safe and no one is going to attack me because I have to feel some sort of safety. Again, our solar plexus area is our sense of safety. When we don't feel safe, then we have a lot of things going on that are associated with the underlying emotion of fear. Fear is very powerful because it is a core emotion. Everything else expresses out of, in front of fear, 
as a result of fear. Oftentimes, when we fear something, we become angry at that something. And we're angry on two fronts because we're angry at that object or person that is creating such a fear within us. And so we become angry and then we project that anger out onto that person, place, or thing that is causing us to be afraid. Fear is very powerful. And everything else layers up from it at varying degrees. And here's where vibration comes in at because fear is very powerful at that vibration. And then there are aspects of fear, guilt, shame, unworthiness. All of this is wrapped up in it. Anger to the level of rage, all coming out of this core fear, this sense that I am not safe, that I cannot rely on anything or anybody to make me feel safe. Why? Because my mother was not there to nurture in a way that I thought should have been done. And the reason I say be careful with that I, that I thought should have been done because you may have decided your mother may have been very nurturing in her own way, the way she knew to be nurturing because, again, she's parenting through pain. You're not familiar with where your mother's pain is because no, no mother is going to tell you where she hurts, especially to a child that, she has, that has been entrusted in her to get from childhood to adulthood. She's not about to sit down and have a discussion with her about her emotional pain, if at all she is aware of it. And I would suggest that most parents are not aware of their bugaboos and their deep-seated pain because they have long ago walled them off. And so they're not aware of those. So they're not about or cannot have that conversation with you. So in your own mind at five and six or seven or three or four, you have decided that whatever nurturing you got from your mother was not correct. Therefore, since you have decided that that nurturing was not enough and not correct, therefore you do not feel safe, therefore your solar plexus area, the center of your being, is fear. And now you move forward into all of the conditioning that comes with that. And so here's where our perceptions step in and our beliefs and the ideologies that, that we hold about ourselves generates our emotional body. And that emotional body in turn expresses in our physical body. And I want you to think about that. Because our emotional body is, is part of our collective. It's part of our gestalt. It is a separate body from our physical body. It's, it's a vibration. And in our emotional body, we hold our stuff, all of our perceptions, all of our beliefs, all of our ideologies, all of these things we think about ourselves are being held intact in this emotional body. And it's distributed throughout our physical body. 
every cell in our body, that is the makeup of every organ in our body, is holding this emotional idea we hold about ourselves and we hold about those in our circle, whatever that may be. And we start to express, because when we start to express, this is not about a punishment, as I've said before. This is not about condemnation. This is all about awareness so that you know where to begin to resolve whatever issues you are expressing. And again, hypnotherapy is extremely successful in removing these kinds of emotional blockages and dissolving these misconceptions and implanting compassion, replacing with harmony and joy and acceptance, uh, even as well as strength and, and, and power and healing at the deepest aspects of your psyche. Wow. Able to go in and and pull all of that stuff, vibrate it up, and be able to free your essence from all of these layers of stuff that are really not true. Their perceptions, their beliefs, you know, beliefs are always subject to change. They're not absolute truths. They're just a belief that you're holding at this point in time based on the information that you have at this point in time, based on the information you had at the time that you formed the belief. That is why I always caution that belief is not the truth. There is only one absolute truth, and it resides in the wisdom aspect of your heart, not the intellect. The intellect is a computer. It collects data. It collects and stores data so that you can recall it at a future point in time when you need to remember it. But it is not who you are. Not really. And it represents a perception that you have or had at a given point in time. And so when it no longer serves you, it's time to let it go. And understanding that think about a little child that that you're you're young, you're two years old, and uh, you know, and you're running out toward the street, and your your mom or someone grabs you and snatches you back and says, "No, no, 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 you know, be careful, be careful, you know, cars are dangerous. Watch out for cars." And so you gradually learn that to watch out for cars. But as you grow, you're not frozen in that perception. You don't run around afraid to get in a car or be near a car. You're now 20 years old and you can't go near a car because you're playing an old tape that says cars are dangerous. You learn as you grow and you process and you put those beliefs and perceptions correctly. And so what has happened a lot of times when we come across these autoimmune diseases such as diabetes is that we are rejecting the self because our perceptions, our beliefs, and our ideologies about the self, the individual self, are in need of revision, that they have become emotional blockages, and that they, they are, we have to dissolve them. And again, hypnotherapy is a very good tool for that because we have to get the rational, conscious chatter 
chattering mind, I don't like the term monkey mind, even though it's used, chattering mind, I prefer. We have to get that talking, chattering, rational intellect quiet because we cannot affect change when that part of the mind is active. You see, one of the reasons hypnosis is so effective is because at a subconscious level of mind, the subconscious knows what is good and right and just. And it knows what the truth of your being is. Now, it has accepted beliefs and patterns and ideologies because it's designed to do so. But it also is connected with your higher self, your, some people call it a Christ center, your super conscious mind, some people call it that, that area of you that is whole, perfect, and complete, that is the beginning vibration of your descent into physicality. That which knows that you are whole, perfect, and complete, absolute, blameless, sinless, freeless, whatever you want to call it. That aspect. And your subconscious is, we are amazing beings because the subconscious is like the mediator. It knows the truth from the higher self, but it accepts whatever truths that is given to it by the conscious mind. I had a mentor say, think of your subconscious mind as a five-year-old. It accepts everything is true. So it accepts everything that, it's come, that it is getting from your higher form, and it accepts everything that you have dumped in it from your conscious awareness. And it says, okay, all of it's true. It's a mishmash, you know. It does not sort because it is designed not to sort. It is designed that everything that it intuits is true. And so once you can get into a hypnotic state that is deep enough to take you into your subconscious area of mind, you can start to bring those facts and truths and dissolving up through your conscious mind, thereby bringing your body back to a state of balance. And as the body is self-correcting, as the body is self-healing, it will do what needs to be done if you remove this idea of unworthiness, if you can remove this idea of guilt and shame, if you can know that you are safe at all times and in all situations, if you can know that you are deserving of all the good life has to offer, the sweetness of life, when you can know that, for yourself, within yourself, then you will have no need for anything outside of you to grant you that. So when we're looking at all of these, these ideas and thoughts that, that bring about this fracture of our consciousness, we can start to understand how we correct our misconceptions. And first and foremost, we start with forgiveness. And we start with understanding as we're moving into our own strength, as we're moving into our God power, I like to say, as we're moving into that aspect of is that is healing, that deep aspect of our, of our own psyche, of our very self, of our very being. 
as we move into those things and as we start to release others, our parents, our significant others, our siblings, our satellite people, as we start to move in empathy, we can start to say, I don't know why you treat me this way. I don't know what I trigger in you. The only thing I need to know in awareness is to release you and to forgive you and to see for you your own particular awareness and knowledge. And this is all we can ever do for each other. We cannot do everything. I I noticed that everyone looks at, okay, everybody else has to change. I would suggest to you that, no, you have to change. And you have to spend every waking hour working on you. Can you imagine that if everyone worked on themselves and set an intent for themselves to be the, the most compassionate, loving, and harmonious person that they can be. Can you imagine what that would do to the planet? And that how everything would shift seemingly on its own. And there would be no need to direct somebody to be fair because they would know in their own awareness to be fair. They would know in their own awareness that harmony is the best way to go. Compassion and tolerance for differences is the best way to go. Even appreciation. I mean, think about it. I would not want all the roses on the planet to be red. I like the idea of yellow roses. I like the idea of white roses. I even sent my mother a few Mother's Days ago because her favorite uh, color is purple, and I was looking on FTD one day and saw purple roses. And I thought, wonderful. And I sent my mother a dozen purple roses. And I mean, when she called, she was fighting tears and the giddiness in her voice to get purple roses. And so I would suggest that we need diversity on the planet. I don't want everything looking like, you know, whatever. I wouldn't want everything to be beige. I want the colors. I want the I want the the different vibrations, the different energy moving in and around me, and and the ability to make life really full because I'm looking at people, places, and things that are different from myself. Not with the attitude that they are less than me, but that they're different from me, and therein is the beauty of it. Getting to know that difference, getting to know that understanding, getting to know that ideology. I don't have to embrace it or accept it. It's just fun to to look at things a different way and to be able to be excited about that. It makes getting up the next day, wondering what's going to happen, fantastic. So when we can shift the way we look at things and when we can look at those that are dealing with this particular dis-ease that is expressing in the body temple, try that. Try that understanding that I am I'm not accepting myself. And how do I move to start to accept myself? How do I move to start to appreciate my being? How do I start to do that? 
What is beautiful about me? I don't care if the only thing you think is beautiful about you is your eyes. Start there. And work your way down. Start with those things about you that are, that are great, that are gifts, because everyone that knows you is getting that. For some of us, it's a smile that melts the world. For some of us, it's a light that comes through us that makes other people feel good. I know I tell myself now, and I've always said to myself, that I want everyone that I meet to feel better and be better from knowing me. No matter what it is that I say or what it is that I do, I want them to have felt, have really felt that knowing me made a difference in their life. And hopefully, and I prefer, on the positive end. But having that, having, having that when I get up, Having that ideology that I choose peace rather than the need to be right. Because no matter what I say, I'm coming from my own place, my own perception, my own understanding of where I am right now, what I have gleaned from working with myself, from working with my clients. Is it cast in stone? Is it an absolute truth? No, there is only one absolute truth. So, Having that, but having that idea and having that attitude that, okay, I, I have this sweetness. I can accept myself right where I am. And if you are listening to me today and if you are dealing with this particular dis-ease or any other autoimmune system dis-ease, Know where it stems from. Understand where it is stemming from. And start to make yourself an appreciation list. Start today in making a list of all of the great things about yourself. Do not address whatever you deem is negative. Don't do that. Address what are the great things about yourself. It could be as simple as your sense of style. Because that is a unique quality that you grant to others that are in your life. Maybe the quality is your ability to listen. That is a quality, and that is well worth putting on your list of greatness. I am great because. I am fantastic because. Start to take the time to move through that and start to say for yourself, these are the great things about myself. I know that being an intuitive and an empathic, uh, I do work with my clients on a spiritual level as opposed to an intellectual level. And I move with my clients to the core of their issues, and we, co we connect directly with that aspect of themselves that is holding those misconceptions, whatever those misconceptions may be. And as I said, I don't do talk therapy. I take my clients so deep that they are visualizing and seeing but they're at a level of mind where they really cannot speak from. But they can have the effect of knowing and seeing and accepting those truths about themselves, that they are loving, that they are worthy, because our creator, however you define the creator, no judgment here, you can call him George, no judgment. However you define your creator, there is, a progenitor of all life. I believe that. I affirm that. I know that without a shadow of doubt. Now, 
I may not know what that is, but I know that it exists. And I know that when all is stripped away, when all is said and done, there is that that is my progenitor that loves me unconditionally, that applauds me as I achieve and cradles me when I'm in error, that loves me no matter what, that wishes for me all life and all health and all awareness, and that is my biggest cheerleader. If nothing else and no one else accepts me or acknowledges me or cheers me on, I know that the progenitor of my being does. And quite frankly, that's all that matters to me. And that I do those things and, and express those gifts that I chose to give back to humanity. And so when you are, if you're dealing in this area, if you're dealing with these self-worth issues, and I would suggest that we all are on some level. For some of us, it's a little bitty corner in the back of our psyche. For some of us, it's a little bit bigger, maybe the size of an egg. And for some of us, especially if we're expressing a dis-ease in the body, then it's a big mountain. But you can chip away at it. You can use those tools to reverse that. And if it's generational, then look into hypnotherapy to go back to the beginning of that idea, that collective idea that is having you not metabolize the sweetness in life. And as I said, there are races on the planet that, that are particularly susceptible to certain disorders, and it's because of what happened so long ago, what happened to that race collectively that causes them whatever they had to go through in that race collectively, the loss, the sorrow, the disrupted relationships, the sense of security and, and sense. I know when I think back on some of the things that, when I think back on some of the things that uh, that a different race had to go through, whether it was when the Irish were, were brought over and had to work in the steel mills or or when the Chinese were brought over to work on the railroads or when the Africans were brought over to work in cotton, all of those things, that, that sense of servitude and slavery took its toll on that race down through generations that can still be seen as a generational, as a, as a collective race gestalt that has to be moved through and worked through, that sense of fear, that sense of abandonment, that sense of I no longer have a sense of self that comes with any kind of forced servitude, no matter who it is. So I hope I've given you some things to really kind of think about and move through. And, and um, as I said, that uh, being a, an intuitive and an empath, I work with my clients on a spiritual level, uh, not an intellectual one. And we work through healing those aspects of yourself and healing all of those misconceptions and vibrating them up. And if you would like to have a consultation with me, they are free. Uh, you can drop me an email and we can set up. A, I do have Zoom. If you're out of the state of Arizona, then you can connect with me on Zoom. 
if you'd like to just have a, a coaching session with me, you can. we can do those telephonically, uh, and you can schedule your introduction appointment. Or should you decide that you're ready for a session, you're ready to start to resolve some of these issues, you can actually go on uh, my website, orchestratingyourlife.com. You can go ahead. You can look at whether you want a coaching session, whether you want uh, Alpha and Theta, or whether you want Theta and Delta. And uh, we can do everything uh, from just similar coaching to actual DNA repatterning and taking back uh, energy recapitulation is where we take back everything that you have given out. And we bring all of that back to bring you back into a sense of wholeness and completeness and a wonderful sense and appreciation of who you are because I trust that you are magnificent and I know that you are a beautiful expression of that individual deity that we all subscribe to regardless of the name and regardless of how we express that relationship. We all have it, no matter who and what it is. So until our next show, let me say to you, have a blessed day, have a fantastic week, and have an absolute good time this day and the rest of your life. Namaste. Thank you.